had some technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> yes, fourth time is a charm. I'm Crash. Can we make it ten? <laughs> I am and Crash. I am Church. And uh, we are going to talk to you today about some jam. Some, some jams and jellies. Mm -hmm. Preserves. Sometimes preserves. But mostly we named jam. The, uh, we named the podcast The Jam because we went from... We were, we were thinking, okay, we kind of want to talk conservatism... And so we looked at thesaurus and found conserve to preserve, and that led to like marmalades and jams and so yes, like, oh, naturally, jam. naturally Plus, led. You know, yes, and it jam. does that. It'll it'll do that from time to time. All things lead to food. We be jamming. So, no, we wanted to talk today about uh, trust, or perhaps um, the other word that I had thought of was faith. Um. As, as just a broad way to think of it. So as in to have faith in something or someone? Yeah, and there's a lot of discussion about faith that is had, and a lot of times faith is used to mean belief. Like you talk about faith in terms of, you know, I believe in this, that means I have faith in it. But, and particularly I'm talking in religious, you know, when, when people talk about having faith in God, they talk about, I believe in God, or they talk about, you know, faith in a miracle, that they believe in a miracle. Um, when you talk about faith in terms of, you know, less outside of religion, I think it actually is clear what it means and should be applied to what it means in religion, which is when you talk about like being faithful to, to someone, you talk about, um, having faith in a situation, you're talking more about trust. You're talking about, um, a combination, I think, of trust and commitment too. And so... So we can have faith in our leaders. We can have faith in our coworkers, but that really means we have trust in our coworkers. We, we, we in trust in them leaders. and yeah. accordingly are committed to whatever cause or, or, or person or whatever. You know, when you talk about being faithful to a spouse, then it means you're committed to them. If you're unfaithful, it means you cheated on them. It's, and, and it's the same word as in, um, like you hear the, I think it's Muslim, that, or maybe it's just the culture abroad, I'm not sure, but they talk about infidels. And infidelity is the opposite of faithfulness. They're, they're actually calling you unfaithful if they call you infidel. It means the same thing. Well, to them, infidel, yes, is an unbeliever. Yeah, someone who's not committed to their cause. Right. Is what it means. Yep. And so faithfulness and faith kind of are the same thing. And having faith in something... <clears throat> is to have a, a trust and a commitment for that thing. Um, and obviously, belief plays into that. If you don't believe in something, it's hard. You can still, I think you can still maintain faith, even if you're struggling with belief. Belief, Like you see in religious circles, people talking about losing their faith because they are struggling with belief. I think that's a mistaken way to logic out the situation when you're struggling with belief in a situation. Because faith is a commitment that's a matter of choice, that you choose to be committed to something, even if you're struggling with one aspect or another aspect of it. Um, but obviously, if you lose 100% of belief and you don't believe in anything at all, it's hard to maintain commitment. And so they are definitely tied together where you have faith and commitment that are tied together. Well, I think this is probably more appropriately described, this episode is probably more appropriate, appropriately described as a lack of trust or not believing just not believing. I think there's so much going on today where we are told something that we cannot verify with our eyes, with with the history of the person telling us, and uh, so we just don't believe you. If you well, one of the things I wanted to bring up in that regard is that I think a lot of people, you know, you get a lot of these atheists um, types or just really analytical. Um, minded that start claiming that faith is foolish. They start claiming that we live by science and we live by verifiable fact, and that's that, that's the rational way to live. And any sort of living by faith is foolish is a foolish approach. And they mock religious people accordingly. And I think that approach to thinking is mistaken right from the get go, because when you take faith and you take it out of the religious sphere, people live on faith. Always. All the time. We constantly live on faith. 
a great majority of what we do is a matter of faith. And the idea that you get up in the morning and you expect that the sun has risen is a matter of faith. Now, that's a very obvious matter of faith because you have a lot of evidence that leads you to that, that you, that you have evidence to draw that conclusion, but you still don't know. You're still committed to an idea, and you're still dedicated to this idea that I'm going to get up, I'm going to go to work, I'm going to have my day, things are going to be okay, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because the sun rises, and I have faith and commitment that the sun rises. And, and we have a lot of those sorts of things. We have a lot of things where we have faith in something because we have a lot of evidence and consistent evidence where we've seen it with our own eyes. But even seeing something with your own eyes is still a matter of faith because you trust that you're not a computer-generated software running that someone else is controlling. You trust that you have autonomy and you have the ability to have agency. And those things are a matter of faith, that you have a faith in that idea rather than the idea that you're being generated in some simulator by... And you, and you don't have autonomy, and you have no ability to actually make your own choices. It becomes even more um, obvious if you think about it in terms of things that you haven't personally experienced. One that I like to joke about sometimes is like the existence of China. And I've never been to China. I've never actually seen China. I've seen pictures of China, and so I have some good evidence there. I've seen video of China, and I have a lot of testimony from other people about China but I haven't seen China like I've seen the sunrise with my own eyes. There are other countries that I also have faith that they exist, but I haven't seen pictures of them just coincidentally, right? I, I, I probably could. I could go look it up and verify, but I just I haven't seen pictures of some random small country in Europe or something. Yeah, I, I prefer the definition in uh, Tim Allen's The Santa Claus where the, the little boy is trying to be uh, swayed by uh judge reinhold's character in that movie that's the that's for his, his ex-wife's new husband and he's the psychologist and he's in trying three. to yeah he's yeah. trying to school school him and he's yeah he's, he's like a five-year-old kid and uh he's saying either i've never seen a reindeer and uh the kid says have you ever seen a million dollars and he says right. well, no well just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it doesn't exist Right. That's right. awesome. Now, obviously, you know, if you get out into, into more of the theoretical ideas and philosophies and approaches to um, the way that we approach life and that we deal with life, and when it comes to things like politics, um, then we really live by faith. And we choose what um, philosophy, what principles we believe are right and that we have commitment to and trust in. And so the idea that, no, we just, we just can reason out what's best alone, I think falls, falls a little flat, because we don't know what's best. But we do have evidence, right? There's, there's absolutely evidence. To live, to live on something without evidence and to pursue that, to pursue commitment to something without any evidence whatsoever, I do agree would be foolish. And that, that's what, you know, like atheists will claim is that there's no evidence for God. I think that's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous idea. There's so much evidence for God, but it's not proof, right? We don't, we don't, you don't necessarily have proof of God, but there's tons of evidence of God. And so you live by faith because you have a lot of evidence, but you don't have proof. And that kind of tends to be the case with a lot of politics. Now, even if you're conservative and you say um, with a fair amount of conviction that you believe is more than faith— that conservatism leads to better things than than progressivism. That's a flawed statement right from the get-go because sometimes conservatism is terrible historically and progressivism has led to some of the best things that we have. But I mean, I'm talking current politics, right? If you believe that our current the current political sphere, the the conservatism and the free market and those sorts of things is a better um, out, is going to lead to better outcomes than the current progressive agendas. And you could point to a whole bunch of evidence and even some proof of why you believe that to be true and stuff. So we I'm, still I'm, don't I'm know. curious. You, you made some interesting statements. I'm very curious to find out what in conservatism has been really bad and what in progressivism has been really bad. Well, I'm good. talking about historically. So if you take historically. I'm, I, and I'm asking historically. What, what specifically? Yeah. Historically, conservatism means the current, the, the, the old 
the old guard, the old regime and the way it used to be. And progressivism is the attempt to, to want to change. Liberalism is the idea to try to progress and to change that. Okay, progressivism and, was started under uh, the Woodrow Wilson administration. That was Yeah, but I'm talking more, I'm talking more the generic, I'm talking more generic terms of it, right? And so I'm talking about Actually, like, it was, you take, uh, for example. Theodore Roosevelt, sorry. It was Theodore if, Roosevelt. If, if, if you take, for example, the founding of this country, right? The founding of the United States. Our founding fathers were progressives. They, they weren't were conservatives. They weren't progressives. They were federalists. No, they were. You're getting you're getting hung up on the current definition of what we think politically. I'm talking more generic and a broad mean the broad meaning of it. They wanted change. They wanted to be liberal and change the way that the government ran, change the way that they were ruled, change the way that uh, people were treated, change the idea of freedom itself. Well, wait a minute. And, that, and, and but, but, we but, saw that in the French Revolution as well. Okay, right? the, the, but but that. What you're talking about as far as the founding of this country, they didn't talk about progressivism. You're using the modern-day definition of progressivism to describe what our founding fathers did when they specifically spoke of federalism. Well, the more, the more common way to talk about this is to talk in terms of conservatism and liberalism. Um, what is liberal and what is conservative? Progressivism, I will grant you, um, particularly in if you, if you add the ism to it, you, there, there's there's an argument to be made for what you're saying, but that's not the way I'm using it. I'm using it as a synonym for liberalism. Um, and so the idea, though, is that conservatism and liberalism is relative to the time you live in and cons con trying to conserve whatever you believe is good about your your political situation versus trying to be liberal and to progress what is and and to make change, and so if you are if you live in a tyrannical, terrible situation uh, politically, then that would make every keep, conservative today a liberal progressive. Exactly. <laughs> to change. Exactly. Well, yeah, we and we're moving there real quickly. Today. We're moving to the point where we're gonna we're gonna call ourselves conservatives, but really we're gonna be the ones who are progressive. We are the radicals. The, we are now the outcasts. We're the rebels. Yep. We're not the empire anymore. And so, yeah, um, I can't remember where we're going with that or why, why we... Oh, because we're talking about know. faith. and Yeah, so that was a, to that was a tangent because you asked a question. So we live on this... We, we, you know, in, in broad terms, we could say, okay, broadly speaking, that um, current, current, our, current, our current conservatism, um, the ideals in the conservative party and the, the conservative politics are better overall... Or you could believe just the opposite, right? A person can have a commitment to the idea that the liberal ideas are better. But even within that, there may be evidence that certain aspects of either of those systems is better, argumentatively. Um, but there's still a whole bunch within that that we still live by faith because we just are guessing. We're, we're doing our best guess at what's going to turn out, turn out right because you constantly hit things in the country and in the situation that you don't, you've never faced before in the same way. So like we had the pandemic that just came up and as much as there's, there have been pandemics before, there's never been a pandemic like that, that hit our country in the way that it did with the kind of technology that we had and with the kind of uh, free market structure running the way that it does right now with the social media and with the being able to shop online and the government being structured exactly the way it is with all of the, um, what you might call the deep state part of the government being so big, you know, that's, that's sort of been growing and growing and growing. And in, you know, in the past last, the last time there was a real pandemic, things were different. They were, they were, they were um, uh, not the same. And so we're hitting these things. We're hitting the pandemic with really no idea how to actually handle it. And, and it becomes guesswork. And so you make these judgments on what you think is best in the best way to handle it based on good reason what your best idea of good reason is, but our best case scenario for good reason is still flawed. Even the best of us who has the best ability to reason is still going to have flawed reason, is still going to make mistakes. And when you take humanity as a collective, we're all kind of dumb. Like we just don't really make, um, always make good decisions. We make some good decisions. We do some things really great as, as collective humanity, but we also have a history of, a history of doing a lot of really dumb things and making really poor choices. And we're seeing that play out in the political arena right now where a lot of dumb choices are being made. And that's on both sides, right? And so that's kind of what we wanted to talk about today is how, how to have faith and how to place your faith and how to, how to kind of think about those things as you, as you, you know, decide what side of the aisle you're on 
and choose who you're committing to. Choose, choose how you're being faithful to something and why. I lean heavily on the side of not believing or trusting anybody right now. I'm absolutely with you. <clears throat> we, we've got... I this. don't trust anyone. Though I think you do. Maybe, maybe there's biases that you have that you don't realize. Or maybe I just think you have biases that you, and you don't actually. Okay, um, look. Okay, so let's let's take. Um, but I think you. I think you. I think you. You trust things that I don't. Just based on past conversations we've had, there's things that you've tr been had trust in that I've been like, yeah, about. Like what? That's. Um. So there was one time when you got actually quite frustrated at me because you sent me a video, um, of a lady who was talking about. Was it the pandemic? It must have been pandemic related. I can't remember exactly what it was. She was talking about something. And I responded to you and I was like, well, I, I don't, don't trust even this remember lady. that. Yeah, it was. I, I don't remember the details of it, but I remember I was like, I don't, I don't really trust this lady. Sorry, I have a hair in my mouth here. Um, yeah, I don't and, remember that. So, and you, and you were like, you were just like, you were like, are you kidding me? This is so obvious because your biases were, I don't know. Call it biases or call better okay, research. Okay, so I have me. a very I strong. I, but you were very strongly. You believed in in what this lady was saying, and I was like, eh, I don't know if I believe her. So, I have a very strong bias against anybody who says trust the government, trust the vaccine. We are your leaders. We know what we're doing. I right, we, but I also we, have we, a pretty strong bias against people who say don't trust the vaccine. You know what I mean? Like, I don't trust anybody. Explain how the vaccine, if we talk about that, explain how the vaccine has helped. Well, I, I, I think that that's kind of a different, extremely deep conversation. It is um, a conversation, but, but we're specifically talking about trust. So how has the vaccine helped? We know that, and it's documented and reported that there are hundreds of thousands, if not more, people who have been negatively impacted by the vaccine, by taking the vaccine, and there have been deaths directly related to the vaccine. So when yeah, I, I see somebody think, I don't who think says, we know that. when I see somebody who says, trust the vaccine, it's effective and it's safe, that's wrong. Well, we know it's, we know it's, yeah, it's we wrong. know the effective, we know some certain things about the effectiveness of it now that, that I think you, you definitely have a leg to stand on there. Um, but that's here's that's my, the point. That's the point, though, is when we here, see. Here's my position without actually getting into the the weeds on, on the specifics of it, which would be hard to do because I'm not prepared for that. I don't have statistics in front of me. But, and, and and even if I had statistics, I don't trust this. I don't trust them either. My point of view on it is just simply this: I don't trust. Um, the statistics. I don't trust the numbers. I don't trust the reporting. So that's the reason why I don't trust. You know, like like if you say the vaccine is killing people, I say, first of all, you know, show me the exact numbers and the exact statistics, and let's talk statistics. Vares. Then even on Vares. even on top of that, the CDC's website they specifically yeah, have is, it on there. Vares is anecdotal, though. Yeah, Vares is anecdotal. No, it's, it's not. Report, it's reporting based. Yeah, it's reporting based. And we it's know not, that it's not, they, it's not scientific double blind studies. But we that have do know things. that it's the, just a bunch the, of people reporting. We do know that Vares only gets about it only represents roughly one percent of the actual numbers. So you're telling me that hundreds of thousands of people are reporting just for fun? Just just to say it? What about I'm the people what about the people what about the people who uh, ha who have specifically been impacted by it and have documented it with video, with interviews, with news stories? We're not supposed to believe them then? They're making it up when they have it happen to them immediately following receiving the vaccine? So I when don't, the guy who I don't when the don't, guy who came up and developed the actual mRNA technology says do not trust this vaccine, it is not working. Right, I don't trust him. You don't trust the yeah, guy trust, who developed the technology. I, I don't trust him. Exactly, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't trust him. Now I don't. So what you're saying then is you just don't trust anybody because you don't like what they're saying. No, I do, I do like what he's saying. 
See, that's not a legitimate. Then why are you to, not trusting? That, that's, trust not, that's not a legitimate conclusion to draw because I actually do like it. What I'm saying, what he's saying, my bias tends towards that. My my bias does tend towards supporting him. We're talking about Robert Malone, right? Yep. Um, and I, I actually liked his video. I was definitely swayed by what he said and think that there's things to be um, considered on that. But I don't trust it as a flat out. Just like okay, this this means period that this is that this is dangerous and this is a bad thing, because there's too much bias involved. So there are other there, there are other up. doctors who have looked at it and they've just they've come to the same conclusion, but they're being silenced. Well, that's that goes into exactly why I don't trust anything, because there is so much censorship going on, and. The censorship does tend to bring out, like, the entire situation tends to bring out the crazies, too. And so you get a lot of people claiming a lot of things on both sides. Now, granted, my biases sway strongly towards trusting that side of things. You know, like, I trust the people who are concerned about the, the vaccines and trust the people who are concerned about, about those, um, oh, excuse me. About that that side of things, I trust that there's cover up going on, you know, and the censorship makes it all very very fishy. But it's also just like there's no clear information. Like we don't have the statistics and stuff. Why is there I no mean, clear this, information? Because of the censorship. Why is it being censored? Well, I don't think we could draw 100% conclusions on that. Yes, I think we can because like when we could, once again we could make faith in it. But when when you are intentionally trying to silence someone, it is because you're afraid of what they have to say because they they have merit, because what they are speaking about That's has not, merit. I don't I don't agree with that. I do one hundred percent. With, th yeah, there's, there's, it, there's it, evidence it, of that's, it today. That's, that's a logical fallacy. Like uh, someone trying to censor you doesn't have anything to do with whether what you're saying is true or not. Like it doesn't prove that. Like it may be true and, and is typically probably true, but I don't think that. Then that how are you is, supposed to find out if it's it. being censored? Well, I'm not sure. I don't follow exactly what you're saying on that. How are you supposed to find out if it's correct or not? How are you supposed to be able to study it if it's being censored? Well, that's what are that's they afraid kind of, the of? Problem. What we are can. they afraid of? What are the people who are trying to censor it afraid of? Well, the political fallout for one, but it's a power struggle, right? They're trying to it's power. No, no, like no, no. The, you just answered it. Power. They lose right. power, and they're going but to lose their authority. That, that doesn't prove the other side is right. Is all I'm saying. Like it, it well, is it a power certainly puts a fallacy in with what they're trying to do. Because if they are trying to censor, then the question is, why are you trying to censor? And if they refuse to answer that and they just say, well, just sit down and shut up and don't speak. We are in control. We are in charge. This is what we're going to do. It's a serious problem. So we, we have yeah. we have a lot of people um, who we, we just talked about this before as well. When you've got uh, one person, political party that's in charge and they stand up and they say something and everybody in the opposite side says, no, no, no. And then when the opposite side gets control, they stand up and they say the exact same things. And then the people who were previously for it are now against it. It's, it's right. exactly what's happening in this case. So before, they didn't trust that, uh, in this case, they didn't trust that Donald Trump uh, was, was doing anything good by coming out with a vaccine. They all said, no, no, no. And then when they became, uh, got in charge, they all said, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's it's just really interesting how the tables turned, but that really goes into such a deep part of what we've been talking about. There's, there, you know, Ronald Reagan had a uh, a famous line where he talked about trusting the Russians, but verifying the Russians. So he had hope that the Russians would do what they said they would were going to do, uh, but his whole thing was trust but verify. We are going to hope or put faith in what you are trying to do or what you say you're going to do, but we are sure as heck going to verify it first. Well, that's a primary example of what I was talking about with faith, um, basically, which is essentially what that means, is he was saying, let's have faith in this situation. The, the, you know, the Russians or whoever have said they're going to do this, and we're going to commit to that idea. Even if there's some concern and even if you're worried about it, we're going to commit to the idea that they, we're going to take them at their word 
and but but we're also going to verify it and we're not we're going to we're going to have a a cautious approach to it maybe is a good way to say it do you, you know who jim jordan is right representative jim uh -huh. jordan so he wrote yeah. a book recently i love the title of this book i mean it's perfect uh, the book is do what you said you would do and he wasn't writing it to democrats he was writing it to the gop because historically the gop is a do-nothing GOP. They say that they are going to... Let's, let's take Obamacare as an example. Whether you're not you're for Obamacare doesn't matter. What matters is, did the GOP run on ending Obamacare? Did they run on that in 2010? That's what started the Tea Party. Did they run on that? Because in March of 2010 was when the... Uh, the um, the Obamacare kicked in. Uh, that's when, that's yeah, when Obamacare uh, was passed in the House of Representatives and the Senate. So it was signed into law because Obama was president. It was his baby. That's what he wanted. So the Democrats who were in charge of Congress at the time, they were the ones who passed it. And the movement across the country was, no, we don't want it. And then in November of 2010, the Democrats lost big time in uh, the election, in the midterms. And the Republicans took a massive uh, uh, control uh, over the Democrats in the House of Representatives. And it was all running on passing Obamacare. Well, they didn't win the Senate, and so they kept running on uh, not passing Obamacare, but getting rid of Obamacare. Then in 2014, they finally got control of the Senate, and they kept saying, we're going to end Obamacare, we're going to end Obamacare. And then when it came time when Trump was president, they had control of the House, they had control of the Senate, they had control of the executive branch, and they did nothing. All right. So they didn't do what they said they would do. Which has been common in politics forever. It's a sort of a standard standard operating procedure for politics. Looks like my video has frozen up here, so I get a still shot for the rest of our for the rest of our discussion here. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes, everybody gets to look at the serious look on church's face. If it's frozen for everybody else. So one of the other uh, points that you put down that I had had the thought as well before, before you wrote it down was I was going to talk about Mitt Romney. And I was going to talk about it in terms of um, wh when Mitt Romney ran for president. I didn't know a lot about Mitt Romney. I knew two things, basically. I knew that he was a Republican, which that alone, that in of itself would have, you know, probably been enough to vote against, you know, Obama, whoever the Democrat, yeah, who, Obama, because um, I, di I didn't like Obama's uh, governing. But then I also knew that he was a Latter Day Saint, and so I actually liked uh, Mitt Romney um, and thought he was great. Well, the story is this: simply, I took a political, how do you align politically test. This was kind of when I was starting to get into politics because I wasn't really like you asked me about back, you know, in 2010, I wasn't into politics back then. So I was like, I, I don't know the answer to your question. Um, but I took this political alignment test and guess which person I aligned the closest to politically on my points of view. It was Mitt Romney. <laughs> and I was like, hey, this is great. I like Mitt Romney. I'm going I'm, I'm to support this guy. This is great. Well, now that Mitt Romney is the uh, is one of the senators for the state that I live in, <laughs> and I've learned more about what he does and seen mm -hmm. what he chooses and the way he actually acts and behaves, and learn more about his history, governing and stuff, he's talking a, he, he's talking Turkey that may align with what I, um, you know, what I believe in politically, but he's not walking the walk, and that's a serious problem for me. It's really soured me against Mitt Romney. Um, yeah, I, I didn't even, uh, honestly, I did not consider much at all about his uh, religious faith at that time. I 
was a volunteer in the 2002 Salt Lake Winter Olympics. So right. he, so you knew more about he was the one that, that took, took charge. He took those reins. He turned the Olympics around because they were a shambles. They were in debt. He created a, a big surplus in the tens of millions of dollars for the Olympics in Salt Lake. He uh, just did an incredible job turning it around, which is kind of his history in the business world as well, quite honestly. And that's what people really trusted. Now, obviously, I think that because of his faith, he definitely garnered a massive amount of support in, uh, among the members of our church. And won, it won him the Senate. The and Senate, it won him the Senate sure. in uh, 2018 in Utah. And it's really unfortunate that that was the case. And I started to see the change. And I, and I supported him in 2012 as well. Uh, there were There were people who supported him in uh, his run in 2008. They did not support him in 2012 because they decided they were not going to uh, support anyone during the primaries. But during the primaries in 2008, even people like uh, Sean Hannity endorsed and supported Mitt Romney. And today, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure Sean Hannity has no love from Mitt Romney whatsoever. No. But then again, if he became the candidate and was running against, you know, whoever the next Democrat I would is. not vote because I would not catch myself voting for Mitt Romney in any sense <laughs> okay. whatsoever. There's no way. I would I would rather vote for a weed. A weed well, ripened to be hewn down and thrown into the pit of hell. Would you rather vote for a Democrat, though? I just said That's I wouldn't question. vote. <laughs> so, yeah, I, right in. I would, there's no way that I could bring myself to vote for either one of them, because quite honestly, at this point, Mitt Romney is just as bad as a Democrat. Not quite yeah, as bad I don't agree as with Liz, that. and yeah. not quite as bad as Liz Cheney, but bad. So Mitt Romney really has, he's a let a vendetta, a personal vendetta, his personal feelings for Donald Trump really get in the way of of him doing, yeah, doing the right worse. thing because he it, it, look in in 2016 when Trump was running for president Mitt Romney went to Salt Lake City and he spoke at, at uh, the University of Utah campus and came out pretty harshly against Donald Trump because a lot of what Donald Trump was saying on the the, the uh, campaign trail was very controversial he was very boisterous he's a blowhard so I mean, that's uh, that's just Donald Trump. That's his that's his personality. I'm not excusing it. That's his personality. So he was doing that, and and Mitt Romney spoke out against it. There was a lot of controversy in Utah because of it. And then two years later, he is kissing the behind of Donald Trump to get his endorsement so that he can win the Senate uh, seat in the state of Utah. And that to me was just pretty low because after he won the Senate seat, it was almost immediate that he started then opposing Trump again, voted to, him, yeah. voted to impeach him or wanted to impeach him. He wanted to convict. He actually voted to convict Donald Trump in the Senate during the first impe uh, the second impeachment uh, trial. Yeah. Which and was one of the most, it was so ridiculous. Such it, a ridiculous it, thing. It, it, it was, uh, it was backstabbing. It, it really showed the lack of integrity that Mitt Romney has. And so when you have something like that, when you have someone that a lot of people really looked up to, it's like Mitt Romney, especially those of us who lived in Utah during the Olympics, saw what he did. And uh, obviously the faith uh, being what it is in Utah uh, and, and, and Mitt Romney's faith. Now he wasn't from Utah. He moved to Utah. He had a place there. But he was the governor of Massachusetts, and I think, unfortunately, that should have told a lot of people a lot of things, but we really didn't pay attention back then, and uh, like we should have. He was also the uh, person who gave the, uh, the light, you know, turned the light bulb on over Obama's head about uh, Obamacare, because before it was Romney care. Yep. And that's where Obama got the idea. That's what he said. So we, we had that history, but again, we ignored so much of it because he said all the right things at the time. He aligned himself, or at least people aligned themselves with the same things that he aligned himself, or religiously is what I'm talking about. 
And, uh, and, and so there were, he garnered a lot of support. So in the state of Utah, he won with what, I think it was like 87% or something like that. He won 86%. Yeah. But that, I, I think that had more to do with the fact that his, his he was a name brand. People knew him rather than his, his faith. Cause there's uh, plenty of people yeah. that are Latter-day Saints running. Well, I think, I think there were those two things though, specifically the, the, the uh, Olympics and, uh, being a member of the, uh, LDS church. So yeah, I think I think the tribalism of you know on the on the national stage, the fact that he was Latter Day Saint would lead most Latter Day Saints to be like, woohoo, he's one of us, and vote for him. But in Utah, I don't know that 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 applies. Well, it doesn't apply anymore. <laughs> he no, no, he, it doesn't. They yeah. are really <laughs> upset uh, with him uh, because he really is just not doing the things that he said he would do. It goes back to Jim Jordan's book. You know, speaking of a, a good example, too, of people making mistakes uh, is uh, Gary Cox, the governor of Utah. This guy was the lieutenant governor of Utah under uh, Gary Herbert. And did, did I say that right? Is it Gary Cox? It was Gary Herbert for sure. But is it Gary Cox? I just know him as Governor Governor Cox. Cox. So okay, so but it's Governor Cox of Utah, uh, but he was he was Gary Herbert's um, lieutenant I this, governor. Uh, fancy tool that I can look that up with. Yeah, um, it's called Google. Yeah. Um, so uh, or the, or you know this this duck, is duck, go Spencer <laughs> Spencer Cox. Okay, um, thank you. So Spencer Cox won that seat because honestly, a lot of people put trust in him. And almost immediately, Spencer Cox turns around and starts to show his true colors, just like Mitt Romney yeah. did. He starts, he starts uh, supporting the uh, transgender movement. He starts supporting uh, name your pronouns kinds of things. And that is very, very far with the things that generally the GOP or the uh, conservative uh, part of the Republican Party does not align themselves with. And They're, certainly not Utah voters. It is not representative of Utah voters. But this is exactly the kinds well, of things. Well, you saw this. Burgess Owens is one of the Republicans. And I voted for Burgess Owens. Um, he's, he's in my dis district. Mm -hmm. um, he voted to codify um, homosexual marriage in, um, I don't remember exactly what it was, but a couple weeks ago and stuff. He was one of the Republican names. Who, to codify it? You know, yeah, to, they, they voted to codify it. Which is that's that I mean, to me sounds like it's you pandering. Feel about it. That sounds like pandering how, to me. However, you feel about that particular subject, as far as a legal standing goes, there's no question that that is not the will of the Utah voters who voted Burgess Owens. In. So that's interesting that you say that because in his district, that is a very that is a always every two years that specific district is hotly contested, hotly contested. It. Those, that district always ends up going days after the election because there are so few votes that end up deciding that election. And I think, yeah. I do think that that is probably because uh, he does not want to lose that election. So he's pandering. Um. That's what it sounds like yeah, to me. Well, I mean, look, up Burgess I, I told, I told uh, my son uh, a few days ago, uh, I was just actually a couple of days ago, watch what Biden will do about student debt. It's an election year. He is going to try to cancel student debt it, because we are so close to a historical election. And uh, sure enough, what happened yesterday? He came out and and is talking about canceling up to twenty thousand dollars of student debt uh, for people who still owe money on their student loans. Ten. And so I I do think that that's again that's pandering. That's trying to get a vote. That's that's why the open we we have a an open southern. Yeah, vote. and I I heard someone on I don't remember who it was, but on Fox News uh, present the idea that. I don't know which Fox show it was, but um, that the reason why it took Biden so long to do it is that Biden didn't want to. 
that, that Biden actually didn't want to do that, but he was driven to it for the sake of pandering. and Because so. they want to win the election, yes. Uh, political expediency. Uh, so, look, politicians lie. It's what they do. Um, you, look at the history of all the lies that we've had. We've already talked about Mitt Romney. We've uh, So Obama, uh, the history of Obama's lies. Uh, you can keep your doctor if you want to keep your doctor. You will save uh, $2,500 a year. Neither of those things happened. He was given four Pinocchios for that, uh, for those lies, because he, he went on to do it over and over and over and over uh, that year. Uh, you look at Biden's lies, all of the lies that he's given about bringing the country together, about um, energy, about it's Putin's uh, gas hikes. It's, you know, all of these things that are just total lies, Pelosi's lies. She's lied about uh, the involvement that her that she and her husband have had in insider training. Uh, McConnell, Mitch McConnell, I I don't know if I loathe a Republican more than I do Mitch McConnell. I think Romney might give him a run based but, on your previous. Yeah, but but see that's. But that's saying something, though, right? Because I do not like Mitt Romney in any sense whatsoever. And yet, I I, I can't, Mc I don't want to say the word. I'm not going to say Mitch it. McConnell, Mitch McConnell has moments where I'm like, yeah, you know, like he'll, he'll, every once in a while, he'll say something or he'll stand up for something or he'll do something where I'm like, yeah, go, you know, and, and, and it's a good thing. Um, I don't, have that from Mitt Romney yet. So I think I put, the reason I put why Romney I, below Mitch McConnell. I think the reason why I would have such disdain for someone like Mitch McConnell is because he specifically prevents the GOP from doing things. The things that the voters want. Yeah. The the Republican voters. Yeah, he's core he to that. Does do not Republicans. Yep, he does not support it, and so he look. They they hate us. The Republicans hate us, and I'm talking specifically about the uh, the GOP, the the deep state GOP. They do not like us. They hate their voters. They're just here for power, and there are a lot of Republicans who. And, and frankly, there are Democrats who do this as well. I voted Republican my whole life. I'm just going to vote for them. I'm going to vote for them because it's who I know. Those kinds of things. That's why they do it. And it's really unfortunate. Um, yeah, but one, it's that's the same thing as voting for Romney in Utah, like because he's Latter-day Saint. I don't know that that's... That can't be it because it's when you're talking the primaries. As right? I said, like, as I said, they're not was, just voting Republican because they've voted Republican their whole life. They're voting for the incumbent because they just vote for the incumbent. Well, yeah, again, that's lazy voting. It's people who say, "Look, you know, it's it's what we know. It's the devil we know." So that's why yeah. they do it. Uh, the White House press secretary. It doesn't matter who the White House press secretary is. One side's going to say they're always lying. But it's their job. It's, it is specifically their job to spin whatever news or whatever they are reporting to favor the administration that they're part of. Yeah, and it's it's not specifically their job to lie. To spin But, it. but it's their job to spin. Is Yeah, it is their job to spin. And is, is spin always fully truthful? Is is the question right? And and I would say no, very much not. Um, no, I mean definitely not. It it it's can show heavy bias, of course, and they're going to try to say things in such a way that minimize bigger problems and make mountains out of molehills out of other problems. Well, and one of the examples that you have written below is is that I'm sure you're getting to is um, in your notes is is you wanted to talk about the quote-unquote mostly peaceful protests and I, I i tagged a note in there following that and i said but they were mostly peaceful <laughs> this is because because factually it's true right like factually it wasn't a lie so calling a mostly peaceful protest is not actually a lie okay now I, the but reason is why is it is it deceptive though no hold on a second now the reason why i said that specifically is because when you have the corporate media 
standing in front of a burning building saying that the peaceful that the protests have been mostly peaceful yeah the two spin. don't go ahead they're they're yeah. asking you to forget what your eyes are seeing to ignore what your eyes are looking at and only listen to their narrative and the corporate media is lying to us all the time yeah and my point is simply that there is a difference between outright saying something that's just plainly false and spin and we get both from the corporate media for sure but more often than not we get this the, the second we get the spin okay. and in my opinion the spin is more destructive it's worse because you can't like there are still people that can come and say like i jokingly replied to your note they were mostly peaceful okay but, but what, what defines it, mostly it is a bare majority it's 50.1 well, in the in the that's riots, most. you could even that's that's most. It, it's not riots. Sorry, in the protest, you could still say of all the people that protested, protested, it was a, you know, it was probably ninety nine percent of the people that didn't actually. Riot. Yes, but we also had millions and millions of dollars worth of damage. We had yeah. we had because well, it yeah it, tons, it totally missed tons the point. of businesses yeah. yeah tons of businesses that were burned and looted. And so, but, but the, the spin on it, and I think this goes, what you're trying to say is what the spin was, was that those things were far and few between when in fact they were happening in every single city where those, uh, where, where most of the pr uh, protests were happening. There were even areas in uh, the state where I live where it was not going to be allowed they started to do it in Miami, but the mayor of Miami cracked down, said, no, -uh, not happened in my city. Orlando, it happened in Orlando where people uh, did uh, commit violence. It, it happened, happened in Provo. It happened all over the country. Yeah, it happened in Salt Lake and Provo. So when we see these things happening every, in, in so many major cities across the country, and we are being told that they're mostly peaceful, that is not just a lie, but it's an incredible spin. And, and it really ca has caused the complete downfall and the total distrust of the corporate media in this country. Well, and it's not, you know, it's not just about spin, spinning and lying is lying, right? Lying is intentional. The, the defi definitionally, you have to think that if someone's lying, that's definitionally intentional, right? They're saying something that isn't true, knowing they're saying something that isn't true. Otherwise, yeah. it's a mistake, right? Um, spin on the other hand is sort of a result, I think, rather than, I mean, maybe not with the press secretary where the, the job is, like you said, the job is to spin, but I think like the news media, like when you get CNN or, or whatever, you know, the, the, these, these, uh, corporations, they don't, I don't know that in every case, I, I can't say this absolutely, obviously, but I don't know in every case that they are. In the, the, their intention is to spin. They just see it that way. You know, the, the way that they're presenting things is just the way they see it. And so the problem is, I think, deeper than just truthfulness and being truthful or trying to spin things. It's deeper rooted than that. And it's rooted in biases and like core beliefs that are, are much more insidious than um, just, you know, the press secretary time, you know, I, I don't think anybody that listens to the press secretary spinning Biden's garbage takes her really that seriously. I don't think because anybody takes her that seriously. She just says things that they like to hear. So they defend her. So there if, are, if they defend her. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, and she fits all the right pronouns. She fits, she checks all the right box. She checks every box correctly. But even, even, even before with, uh, Kaylee McEnany and Trump. You know, when Trump would do something particularly egregious and then she'd spin it, nobody really took it seriously. You know, they just, they, they knew, even on the, even on the right, people were just like, they just knew that that's just her job. She's, she's there to defend Trump and, yes. you know. It is their so. job to spin um, now in the case that what we have right now. It, what really gets me though, is when you are watching them speak, whether it's the current president, whether it's... Um, KGP, Katanjay, is it Brown Jackson? Jackson Brown? Brown Jackson, right? K uh, I, don't, I don't remember. KJB? I don't know. Anyway, 
Um, we've we've got her. We've got the uh, the members of Congress the on on the left. When they do stand and they say things, and you know that they are not spinning, that they are out and out lying to us, that you know right. that what they are saying is absolutely false. Let's and and it, let's let's take the uh, the the Putin gas hikes. It's false. Yeah. All of the yeah. data shows and proves that gas started rising 10 days after Biden took office, period. There's no argument against that. It's what happened. It's in history. It's, it's like they forget that everybody has the capability of pulling out memories that they experienced from just, you know, a year ago. And we're supposed to forget that because they say it's Putin's gas hikes. And so when they do lie and then they spin based on that lie and they keep spinning and spinning and then saying that infl now, inflation, that's total spin. It's a lie, but it's total spin. So when they say those kinds of things, you end up having serious distrust in people. And it, it goes both ways. We do have a lot of people like I don't trust Trump all the way. Not at all. I trust that Trump is going to be very... Do what's good for Trump. I think he's going to... Yeah, he'll do what's very good for Trump. But I do think that he... I do believe... I do have faith that he has a deep love for this country. He loves the country. Yep. He's got the best interest and, of the country in mind. Yes. And I think... In, in his flawed way. Yeah. Yes. I, I agree. He doesn't have a deep love for his ideology. And I think that's a big distinction between the right and the left today is that you have a lot of uh, very strong conservatives like Jim Jordan in the Freedom Caucus and others, uh, Senator Mike Lee from Utah, who are extreme, uh, extremely loyal and patriotic to the country, to the Constitution. And you, when you have somebody who has that priority, you usually get a better result. When you have someone who is married to the ideology, like Obama was, like Biden is, like the vast majority of the Democrats today, they are married to their ideologies more than they are the principles that this country was founded on. And that's why there's so much distrust. And then when you see GOP members who hate us and do things because it's politically expedient for them, then it becomes a problem as well on both for for both sides hey look at that i think i got my camera working again. we got your camera back so um, i do think that we definitely have so many cases uh or so many examples of of people who have just really really disappointed us and it's such a hard time today i think i think the whole thing about having faith uh, that that goes much deeper than having faith in our political leaders. We have to have faith that God is very much aware of what is happening. And, and if we do have that faith, and if we exercise that faith according to our beliefs, I, I think that everything else seems a little bit less bad. <laughs> Not yeah, as bad when you, as when it really you... is. When you put your faith in the arm of flesh, then you're putting your faith in something that's flawed and therefore inherently mistaken. And so when you get into politics of any sorts, you're stepping into that realm. You know, you trust in any sort of leader, any sort of uh, political philosophy that's ultimately man-made, even if you believe that, it, that there was some inspiration involved in it. Um, there's there's potential inherent flaws in that, and so having complete and and, and undying faith in that system, uh, you're going to be let down. You're going to make mistakes, and and whereas if you put your trust in a being who knows all things, and knows the beginning from the end, then you won't be let down by that. Um, and so that that kind of I think summarizes my feelings about you know when we're talking about whether we trust or believe in you just because you're a Republican 
just because you're the um, you're the conservative guy, you're the conservative commenter on you know the Daily Wire or whatever. Um, that's not a smart way to approach these things. We need to objectively understand that it's subjective. You know, essentially, we need to step back and and not just embrace anything, any philosophy that's being spouted simply because they're on the same team as us because there are problems and there's problems on both sides. And so we need to um, have our principles and have our, our, our beliefs as best we can and then reason on our own and use our own heads and our own brains and our own trust in God and hopefully guidance from God as we seek his guidance to, um, to do our best as we pursue our, um, you know, who we vote for and, how, and what programs or philosophies we support or don't. And who we believe. You know, I think we can get in trouble if we just blindly believe everything we hear that comes from a conservative host. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, there, there. You, you know that I listened to um, uh, Glenn Beck for a long time. And mm. every once in a while, I'll still listen to him. So there, there are some things I admire about Glenn Beck. There are other things that it yep. annoy me to no end. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a real uh, doomsdayer. He's in, a doomsdayer. I can't stand the doomsday that's stuff. Ki- it's kind of his brand, but it but it's very and, negative. I mean, it's it, not, it got to it's the not my they, yeah. I don't like it. It I was like, like it oh my gosh, uh, but I don't hate it. You know, I like thanks. I like now. I, I, I hate totally life. Agree with you. Now I hate everything about everything and everybody because it's such. It, it's, it, that's I mean, the, exactly really that's the yeah. way when I walk away from a Glenn Beck. Uh, from Glenn Beck's show. There is no That's, hope. I feel Let's just... negative. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel negative. It just causes negative feelings for yes. me. Yes. So, so, I mean, but the, the, what I do admire about him is when he does um, talk about very serious things, is he, he almost always says, please do your own research. Please don't listen to me. Please do your own research. And I like that. Um, but, and then there an are times when he says things a certain way, and it's really, really difficult to pay attention to him because... Speaking proper English is a big thing for me. So it's really hard when I hear somebody who has a captive audience and is... When somebody has, says, I could care less. I could care less. <laughs> you came down on me and I, I, could, I could show you I don't care what the definition says. <laughs> that definitionally that both are correct. Yes. And I the could Webster, care less and, the and Webster, I couldn't care less. Yes, because if you could care less, that means thing. you actually do have some care and you could have less care. That's what that means. But if I couldn't care less okay. means I don't you, care at all. You keep believing that and I'll keep using I could Listen care less. Listen to the words. What I, the way the I know words, what the words are spoken. But the phrase, the phrase means what it means, so... Yes. Okay. So, and that, but there are just other things that happen and I'm just like, ah, would you please learn how to speak proper English? Um, but it's people like that. And and I think that do people do get caught up because they, they enjoy certain parts of the commentary. I enjoy interesting. You're right. The interesting, sorry. No, I I enjoy certain parts of the commentary. I enjoy the humor. Uh, I enjoy the banter that they have on the show. You're talking about Glenn Beck. I'm still talking about, yeah, just as an example. So I enjoy that part of it because he can be very light in the way he does talk about things. He can be very joking and and it's fun to listen to them. But when he does come into other things, I think I told you the other night that what I do admire a great deal about uh, his, his research is he is a an, an incredible historian and the things that they have or at the very least he has a team being a great historian uh, for him well but i mean who's it being driven by right and uh and, and right. but but they did yeah. get uh, they've got a museum the uh the mercury one museum and they have so many historical documents there because places like the smithsonian don't want them and they're not politically correct, whatever. And so he's always collecting things like that. And it's really, really neat that they are being preserved. And then it comes back to things that I just, I can't even muster it. Um, I, I have to turn him off because I can't stand it. So, so. One, of the, one of the points that I thought you brought up that was really interesting is, is how he says, do your own research. And that's an interesting subject because 
Can you? I mean, can you really? I mean, yes. how much time does some of us have? Like, the you level can. of research... Yeah. Well, the, people specialize, and there's a certain level where you have to trust the specialists. You have to put faith in the specialists. You can't go do all the scientific experiments yourself and travel to every country in the world so you know China really exists. And... You, and, you know, become an expert on all religious philosophy and know every grammatical perfection and know calculus and, ma and, and uh, trigonometry and all the, the, the complicated maths and understand how, you know, all the, the computers work inside and out. And it's and, and, and. Like we have a limited amount of time and stuff. And there's a certain level where you have to say... I read this paper that they said this was the result, and I trust that without going and doing the experiment myself. And part of that is true when I listen to someone like Glenn Beck or, or, or someone else, and they present this data for me, that I will often take that data as putting my faith in that data. That data is correct to an extent because I don't have time to go out and, and hunt down all that data myself and verify that it's all true. And I don't have any particular reason to think that Glenn Beck is lying to me about it. Um, so there is, there is a level of judgment where I think you can put trust in things that you're living by faith. In other words, you know, you don't know, you haven't seen it yourself. You haven't experienced yourself, but you're putting faith in it because you trust whatever source that it comes from. And I think that's reasonable, and I think we need we have to do that. Like everybody has to do that. That's why I say that the the people who say we we don't live by faith, I froze up again. Thanks, video, for working so well. Um, but when I say that people that say we we need to live only by science and not by any faith at all, they're mistaken. You have to live by faith. You have to put your faith in in things that you don't in detail go out and verify case by case. Yeah, I think. You know, to to that point, as as far as not having the time to always uh, do your own research, there, I would go back to Reagan's statement: trust but verify. So you can trust that that person is giving proper information or good information, accurate information, but verify it. Um, it it's it's hard to do with certain algorithms on the internet now because they seem to be stacked against conservatives. And that's a very unfortunate thing. Uh, throughout history, we have seen the forces of evil stack against the forces of good. We have uh, many, many examples in the, the Old Testament, in the New Testament, in other scripture that you have the forces of evil who stack against the forces of good. It's the, it's the galactic empire. And it seems like the good are always the ones fighting for their freedom, that, that we are always the underdog. We are always the ones searching and fighting for what we know is good and what is right. And we're always being oppressed in some way. That oppression happens because we might lose our faith. We end up not exercising... Um, our faith correctly. We, we trust in systems and in uh, people and governments that don't have our best interest in, in mind. And, um, and, and we end up getting places where we, sh we shouldn't be. We get misled. We, get, uh, we, we lead ourselves down the bad, uh, wrong paths. And society always reverts to kind of this primeval tendency, these very natural human tendencies that are the antithesis of, uh, of living the type of life that God would want us to live. Because, yeah, and I think that's because um, of how we place our faith. And I think that's probably summarized and probably a good way to end is that, you know, we need to be judicious in how we apply our faith. We need to use our best efforts and our best sense of right and wrong but we need to not just blindly follow, and we do need to be informed. We need to know um, generally, you know, like, like I said, I don't think you can know ever, the in, ins and outs and everything, but you can have general understanding of things, and we, we can take the time for those, those things and, and use our wisdom then to apply our faith to the things that are good, to the best things, 
And as we do that, I think, um, you know, we'll, we'll find more, more ability to support those causes that are going to be good for the country and good for our own lives. So I, I, I believe that I, I do believe that if we do put our faith where it, where it belongs, which is in God and, and, and we, we allow him to lead us and direct us, we'll be given the ability to discern also, uh, right from wrong. And, right. uh, and that will help us to, to, to better ourselves and, and better those around us as well. Thank you, everyone. Sorry about the technical about difficulties. The so issues, yeah. You got to you got to hear Church's voice. Didn't get to see him the whole time. Well, and if you listen to this as a podcast, it doesn't matter anyway, right? It doesn't matter. Yep, exactly. So luckily, we don't have any videos, cool videos to and show you. And if you didn't listen to it as a podcast, I'm sorry that you had to watch our faces. Well, crash his face, at least, for the whole Just my hour. face. Yeah, appreciate that. Yep. That's anyway, great. feel free to subscribe and... Uh, Comment, like, subscribe. See you next time. Tell all your friends. Bye now.